welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing? Doing alright, doing good. Uh, it's snowing over here in the UK, it's been snowing since, I think on Sunday it was snowing, so that almost, yeah, would be three days, almost four days tomorrow, because uh, it'll be Wednesday tomorrow. How, what's, uh, what's it like over there with you? About the same. Uh, it snowed off and on. It's been sub- below freezing for like the last week and a half of it. So, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but that's been been a thing. Uh, it did almost slip over twice, but I am fine, so I'm glad that that didn't happen. Uh, other than that, uh, what have you been playing? I uh, haven't been playing a whole lot. I'm still getting a few things sorted out. I did download Falconeer because that hit Game Pass, and I was really curious about that game. Uh, I got through the first mission. It looks kind of cool. I'm definitely going to have to play some more into it. Uh, there's a new game that hit Steam that caught my eye that I decided to download. It's called Valheim. It's in the same realm of like explore the world, craft things, you know, build up stuff, that kind of thing. But then it's got a kind of a Viking theme to it, and hmm. it's one of those games that where it got super popular super quick. It actually already has over 11,000 reviews on Steam at a 96% positive rate. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't had a chance to really get that much into it, but it looks like it's got a lot of potential to it. It's early access, very early access, so it's one of those things that, you know, it, it shows in that but uh after that you know you can just go through it hmm. cool uh i want to talk to you about something else as well uh, you know that game the medium that's that's come out mm-hmm. um i can't download it i i i'm still su- excuse me i'm still subscribed to game pass until march i have an xbox one um but when i go onto the thing for the page and it says included with game pass because uh, there's like a deluxe version as well, which isn't on Game Pass, but there's a version that is. And uh, I went to download it, and it was just like you can't download it. It's like it's like it's not compatible. Um, mm-hmm. And I, any reason as to why that is? Because I was curious to try it out. I heard that it was kind of an interesting game. No, I mean that honestly, that's something that I would talk with uh, uh, Microsoft support about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they they did say that. Uh, you could play any of these Xbox games on any Xbox. So, because uh, it, it does say obviously it's, you know, Series S and X, uh, like, optimized and stuff, which mm-hmm. makes sense and, and all that. But, because uh, I know obviously the performance of the game that I'm going to get on my Xbox One will be worse, obviously, than the Series X, but I still wanted to try that out. So, yeah, maybe I should uh, kind of, because um, I know that there's the Xbox support Twitter account. Um, but I have not, it didn't give me any reason, it just said, uh, you can't download this, something like you can't download this game or whatever, but, um, yeah, because my Game Pass runs out in March, and I did want to just have kind of a look at it before before that subscription runs out, so, we'll see. Uh, anything else you played? Uh, no, that's about it, it's been a super busy week for me, so. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm still playing, uh, I did talk about it last week, didn't I, Untitled Goose Game. Because uh, I I played just the start of it and uh, yeah the the Twitch stream that I did which I still haven't put on YouTube I need to do that um, was obviously me playing the the start of the game it's uh, still still a lot of fun it's got a really really good combination of like making me laugh and making me think at the same time of like okay I know I need to get this thing to here or do this thing or whatever but how do I actually do that and then you know 
just I mean just running around as a goose in a game and having human characters or you know animated human characters like chasing me around and stuff is is pretty fun um so that's 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 been pretty good i've i've enjoyed that i've seen some let's plays on youtube and the game is meant to be kind of short i don't know so uh may, maybe i'll finish that relatively soon i don't know but uh hey look sometimes you don't always need you know a 200 200 million dollar triple a video game to to be good I mean, this game, you know, it, it's very basic. It's got some very basic mechanics. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed games like that before, you know, Inside, Limbo, Little Nightmares, uh, some other games that, that are like that as well. Uh, sometimes you can just make a game that's just much more simple, much more so small scale, but more focused, I guess, and uh, still make a really good experience out of it. So uh, I've definitely enjoyed, enjoyed that. I'm trying to think of other animals I would like that you could play as where you could do the same type of thing i know that there's like that that man eater game but that's way different to goose game um mm -hmm. maybe if you did that as like a cat because cats can be kind of like mischievous and that sort of thing like if you could jump around on different stuff and kind of uh you know annoy people can you think of any animals where you could maybe do that like you're sort of just in, in a town annoying people there is actually a VR game on the PC called Cat Attack, I think oh, really? is what it's called. <laughs> and it's a first-person view from a cat, huh. and your goal is just to knock everything off the shelves. Huh. Or Catastrophe or something like that. That sounds kind of fun. I might have to look at that on YouTube. Yeah, I I, I didn't know about that. So, um, And I know that there's like Goose, uh, not Goose, Goat Simulator, but that's way, way different to, to Goose Game. Goat Simulator is like, okay, let's put a rocket on this thing's back and fly it through the town or whatever uh you're not you're not doing anything like that in goose game um because i haven't i haven't played ghost uh, goat simulator but i have i have seen it that's way way different so um but yeah something with a cat would be would be pretty good um i don't think dogs are quite the same with that uh i, I remember a long time ago on the playstation 2 there's a game called dog's life that was that was actually quite good i never did finish that um any other animals that you could do that with uh I raccoon? mean, really, cats are about it. Raccoon, maybe. Yeah, raccoons aren't really that much, so. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, that's been fun anyway. Um, I did get my copy of Hitman Three today, which does have Hitman One and Two installed on it, and uh, a menu for side missions. Now, I was looking forward to playing this game in VR. I was still going to play it anyway, whether it was in or out of VR. I think now I've come across a kind of recurring issue with VR. Not the actual system itself, but I've noticed with certain games that are like, okay, this isn't at its core a VR game, but it does support it. I find that some of those games don't really work in VR so much. Like if you take um, Star Wars Squadrons or uh, oh, what was that flying game? Ace Combat 7, I think it was. Those were games mm -hmm. that, like, supported VR, but you could tell weren't really built for it. Uh, Hitman 3, you got kind of the same issue, where if you play the game out of VR, it still functions like a completely normal Hitman game. But it's sort of like... I, I feel like I want developers to... Okay, pick, kind, of, kind of pick a lane. Okay, are you going to make a game that is in VR or out of VR? Um... Because I, I tried it in VR and just mechanically it just doesn't really work that well. I can see the ideas there. The, the thing that also surprised me about it as well is it gets you to use the DualShock 4. 
instead of the move controllers because I, I was booting up the game going through the menus and I was like okay surely in a minute it will ask me like can you pick up the move controllers but it never asked me to and then um, it has like a VR uh, training simulator thing at the start I was like okay I probably need to do that because I don't have a clue how to play this game in VR um, and then just started kind of playing it and I just thought like okay this this, this doesn't really mechanically work all that great and then I, I went through the the VR <coughs> oh I went Sorry. through the VR tutorial itself and I was like okay this doesn't really fit very well but I'll like try the first mission um I tried through some of the first mission and that and I started to get a bit more used to it and then um I killed two different people to take their disguises or I tried to kill diff- two different people I killed one person by um what was it that I did I think I threw a knife at his head or something. Um, what was it that I did? No, I got in with the um, you know the wire thing, the uh, fiber wire. I got in with that. That was successful because basically what you got to do with that, you take it out of your inventory, you hold R two, and then you've got it so that forty seven has got the fiber wire held with two hands, and then you've got that obviously behind the person's neck because you're presumably standing behind them. You then got to physically lift that over their head and pull it back. I did it successfully the first time, and then I went downstairs and had to kill this like cleaner to get the, their disguise, or at least that's what I wanted to do. I got the uh, fiber wire out again. I went to put my, you know, the hands you know, sort of over her neck to to strangle her and that, and then the the hands just sort of got knocked into the back of her. She alerted, so she got like alerted. She ran off. I was trying to chase her down and like melee and like punch her in the back of the head. I couldn't do it because I couldn't even like reach her. And then I opened this door to try and carry on chasing her. These guards were in there. They started shooting at me. I was like, okay, this just, it it just not really, because how how many times is it going to kind of do that? And I might try it again in VR, but I tried the, I tried doing the exact same thing afterwards in with, with a normal DualShock 4 out of VR. And I just did it so easily. Um, so it's, I, I just, I don't know, it just didn't seem to feel like it was built for VR, and, uh, I think some VR games have got that problem, so, um, but it, it's, it's, I did, it, I did find the game, by the way, it's called Cat Lateral Damage, and they're doing, <laughs> and they're doing a re-meowstered edition mm. in next month, next quarter. Okay, cool, hopefully that will hit, um, PSVR, so I can maybe try that out. So, um, but it it just didn't feel like it really worked very well with VR. But um, maybe I'll try it again. Maybe I'll just play some of the um, main missions uh, on TV and stuff. So, but I still enjoyed it anyway. The, the overall game of Hitman Three is pretty good. So, it's still the good kind of classic thing that we've got from uh, IO Interactive in the past. So. Uh, there's that. Um, so that's sort of my. I only played like literally about an hour of uh, of Hitman Three, but both of which was the same sections in and out of VR. So I haven't done a massive amount of that. Um, uh, Little Nightmares Two is coming out this week. Just wanted to kind of mention that as well. Very. It's my. I think it's my first most anticipated game. And then Oddworld Soulstorm is number two. Played the demo when that came out a couple of weeks. That was really really good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, the review embargo came out today. Mostly positive reviews. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really good time. I think that's available for for me at least because I know there's different time zones and that. 
I think for for me it's midnight tomorrow, so uh, that might be another sort of um, you know how with Last of Us Two and Crash Four, I kind of stayed well, I stayed up late anyway. Um, you know how I kind of stayed up, waited for the clock to go down at midnight. Uh, it's going to be the same kind of thing for that for me. So that's going to be pretty good as well. Uh, but that's what we've been playing and what we're going to be doing and and whatever else and uh, my kind of thoughts on Hitman and stuff. Uh, let's get into some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice that's $3 level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show alright recently on entertainment talk uh, I did just record my United cast episode by the way uh, Manchester United won by one goal to nil but it was one in extra time which means uh, past the 90 minutes but we won the game is all you kind of need to know uh, so look out for the United cast later on uh, speaking of the other United cast uh, Man United drew 3-3 to Everton um, and a very 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 disappointing late equalising goal from Everton uh, I'm still annoyed about it now because it's one of the moments that you look back on and you think if only we had not let that goal go in so uh, that was very annoying uh, we do play against West Brom on Sunday at 2 o'clock so have a look out for that when that happens I uh, did a couple of TV and uh, film podcasts uh, one was talking about HBO Max's international release problem uh, basically long story short if you're in the UK and you want to watch HBO Max content you'll have to get re- uh, you have to wait for it to get released somewhere uh, because there's nobody attached to HBO Max for the UK and it could cause some problems those problems of which I talked about on that podcast so you can have a listen to that uh, also talked about uh, analy- analyzing television episode 7 which was Disney Plus's middle of the night release quote unquote problem uh, lots of people have been complaining about the fact that WandaVision and the Mandalorian episodes got released at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning 
uh, over in the US. I talked about how that isn't really a problem, but some people think it is, and kind of comparing that to other releases of other shows and the schedules and time releases for other things and uh you know spoilers and social media of avoiding spoilers and social media that kind of thing i didn't go into spoilers on the show i just talked about the fact that you've got to avoid spoilers for these shows because they're big disney shows obviously but uh, i talked about that uh, i did my review for malcolm and marie i gave it a must-see rating uh, this is the new netflix film available globally uh, it stars Zendaya and John David Washington as Malcolm and Marie. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed that. So I'd recommend definitely that you go and watch that. That's a spoiler-free review, by the way. So you can check that out. Uh, another World of the Last of Us podcast talking about the uh, TV versions of Joel and Ellie. Because, of course, there's going to be the HBO TV show. Uh, looked through some casting options, both actor and actress, for the roles of Joel and Ellie. Only for those two characters. And uh, considered some different people for that. Uh, Man United also last week... Uh, um, beat Southampton by nine goals to nil. It was crazy. Uh, it was brilliant. I wish we could have done something similar like that again today. But uh, I, that was one of the other United Cast episodes. Uh, last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about Google Stadia and its future or lack thereof. Uh, the PS Plus games for February, which you can go and download now. Did you go and get your PS uh, Plus games? Did you go and yeah, I did. Collect them. Cool. Uh, so you can collect those if you want to. Um, and we talked about collectibles themselves as well uh, for certain video games. Chat podcast for January 2021. A DC Rankings podcast for Batman actors, Joker actors, and Batman live action films as well. So check out all of that if you want to on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, let's get into some news. Excuse me. Uh, so I am going to go first. I think this week uh, I want to talk about the upcoming 25th anniversary for Crash Bandicoot, which is exciting. Uh, of course, Crash Bandicoot has been there pretty much my entire life since I think it was 1997, the first game that came out. Uh, so is Naughty Dog themselves, you know, from Crash 1 right through to Last of Us 2 <coughs> in uh, June of last year. Um, but uh, to celebrate the 25th anniversary, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, which was last year's newest game in the Crash series, which I very much enjoyed and have talked about on multiple occasions, uh, is coming to PS5, Xbox Series S and X, and Nintendo Switch as well. Of course, you can play it on PS4, and you can also play it on Xbox in general. So, uh, well, Xbox One and forwards. So, uh, you can already play it on those, but the game is going to be released on Switch on uh, 12th of March 2021 and then later this year Crash Bandicoot 4 will also be released on PC it says via Battle.net I don't know particularly what that exactly means but it will be available on PC in some way shape or form anyway so um, that is going to be that and then of course on I think it's the 25th of March uh, Crash Bandicoot on the run which is the mobile game the sort of uh, temple run style game is going to get released at that point. Uh, what do you think of that for uh, Crash's anniversary? More more releases of Crash 4 on uh, platforms it's not on yet? Yeah, I mean, especially on Switch, the, a lot of those Crash games just make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, as for an endless runner, that was a genre that I didn't know still existed, but okay. Um, Apparently, it does still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of it, you know, like I've always said, if you enjoy that that uh, game, you enjoy that franchise. Getting more of it's not ever a bad thing, unless the games are like really, really horrible, and let's hope they're not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we all knew a Switch release was probably coming at some point because I think uh, the Spyro remaster. Uh, the Crash Remaster, and I'm pretty sure Crash Team Racing, Crash Team Racing, sorry, Nitro Fueled, was released on Switch. Um, the one glaring kind of uh, miss from these is Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled is not on PC yet. Uh, I think the Spyro games are. I think Crash, the Insane Trilogy is. Uh, Crash Four, like it says here, is getting a PC release, but Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled has not been announced for PC yet. I pretty sure it will be eventually maybe they're just figuring some things out and uh hey you don't in, in this day and age you don't want to release a game on something that doesn't work because we all know how that can go um but yeah I'm, I'm sure it will come out on pc uh eventually so yeah uh it's pretty good for his 25th anniversary i mean you can't really ask for too much new content because we did just get a big massive new game last year uh so i wasn't expecting like you know crash 5 or dlc or something like that and uh plus the fact that i mean I haven't fully even finished Crash 4 yet, so if I want to play any Crash content on uh, his anniversary, I'll probably either be playing the on-the-run game or Crash 4 content. So, um, yeah, it's just yeah, t- that's just how it worked out time-wise. I mean, maybe they could have done like a DLC level or something, but still, Crash, Va- Crash Bandicoot 4 is still really, really big anyway. And uh, it only came out in October, so it's not like it's been that long. I mean, it's literally a couple of months, so... Um, but, uh, yeah, it's good to see, obviously, my favourite Bandicoot, well, the only Bandicoot that I like, uh, but my favourite Bandicoot still, um, get some, get some very good treatment, so, um, that's really, really good as well, uh, let's move on from that, there's not too much to talk about there, I guess, um, well, the big news piece for this week, I suppose, um, we did hear some time ago, I think it was early last year, possibly, if I'm to take a guess, uh, of course, Anthem crashed and burned. It didn't really work out very well. Uh, Bioware was then tasked with um, giving the game a rebirth, if you want to call it that, which is, you know, uh, kind of, you know, stepping back, seeing what didn't work with the game, and kind of trying to m- maybe give it some new content or kind of overhaul the game. Overhaul the game. Uh, Bioware has been working on this, uh, but there was some lots of reports that came out. I think it was yesterday. That and this is literally the title that I saw: EA to decide Anthem's future next week or w- within the next week. Um, what do you make of that, Robert? Well, we knew because we reported on this a while back yeah. um, that they were planning on doing just a full reboot, just a complete overhaul of the game itself, because that game did, you know, fall flat on its face. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do with it though. Um I mean they they've had so many problems. I mean even rebooting the game completely you you just never know what's going to resonate and what doesn't and it's not going to be a fast thing. It's going to be 2 3 4 years down the road before we get anything definitive. Mm, yeah. Um I mean it's just weird with uh cuz we we had a little bit of pre-talk about this. Um and I kind of said how strange it is that <clears throat> okay, so EA's approved Bioware to actually work on what, whatever this reboot or rebirth or whatever is going to be. B- 
but could it actually be a situation where like they've they've worked on this they go to show it to them and ea is like no we don't want that and then what you just scrap what they've worked on um i mean that's that's not good for like bioware's future you know what i mean um so i don't know we'll see what happens hopefully they approve it and at least the game gets a second chance um and obviously bioware gets a better future as a result of that so we'll have to see but uh do you remember when that was that we talked about that that was at least like a year ago or something at least two because i remember oh yeah i remember like 2018 ea e3 i want to say um, we were expecting something, and I think for our pre-coverage, I said, I don't know what Anthem needs, but it needs something, and then it didn't get it. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but how do you think this might go? Do you think EA will approve what they've worked on? Uh, I mean, they don't really have any reason not to, but mm. then again, since we can't really see of the st- anything of the stuff, it's impossible to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was about to say as well, because we don't know what exactly it is that they've ended up working on, so we don't know if they should or shouldn't approve it. So, And the sad one of the sad things is, if they don't approve this, we might never find out what this is that they've worked on. Unless something happens in like 10 years and something gets leaked or something, so I don't know. Um, but do you think, because EA's been kind of famous for closing down studios for things that haven't worked out. Do you think Bioware's future could be in trouble with this? Uh, honestly, I think a lot of the future is going to depend on the next projects that they do. Anthem is not going to change anybody's opinion. So mm. it's going to come down to whatever they've got in the pipeline that comes out. If that doesn't happen, then I wouldn't give Bioware a chance in hell of continuing. Mm-hmm. Because haven't they, apart from this, they have been tasked with... Is it the next Dragon Age game? I think they're supposed to be I doing? think they're supposed to be like a Dragon Age 4 or 5 or whatever the yeah. number's going to be called. Yeah, so what what does um, that mean for that? And I, I don't know. So, And I don't know how much Bioware has with the upcoming uh, um, Mass Effect trilogy remake. Or is that... that that's, that's somebody true. else. Never mind. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's definitely with Bioware or with, with somebody else, but I know that they're supposed to be working on the uh, next Dragon Age game, so we'll see. But uh, let's move to a question that we've got related to this, actually. This might help with the uh, discussion a little bit. George says, uh, are either of you going to play Anthem if EA decides not to kill it? <laughs> How would you feel about a third-person-like, um, an Iron Man-like third-person game? Because that's essentially what this is trying to be, isn't it? You know, a, a guy in an Iron Man-type mech suit um, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, so would you give it a try if EA decides to approve this? Or just still Possibly. Like, depend on what I it I mean, technically is? I can play it now. Technically we can both play it now because it is yeah. part of Game Pass. Yeah, the game still exists. So Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. To me, it was like I, I was mildly looking forward to Anthem. I remember seeing the presentation and the trailer and sort of thinking, like, okay, this this looks quite good. And then we saw a bit more of it, and then the, the beta came out, and impressions just kind of plummeted from there. So we'll see. Uh, in terms of Iron Man game, I mean, I've played a very good Iron Man game. It's called Iron Man VR, and it's one of the most underappreciated, underrated, and I was going to say underplayed, but least played games of the last generation i think um i mean i know that there's obviously a bit of a 
restrictive audience there, which is okay specifically on PS4's PSVR system. Uh, and obviously, not not everybody's got one of them. Not everybody's necessarily got a PS4. I mean, a lot of people got PS4, but but not everybody's got VR necessarily. But um, yeah, I mean, I've I've already played a great version single player wise of what Anthem could be with a with a Marvel theme on it, which is obviously Tony Stark as Iron Man. Um, but I've already played that, so. Uh, I, I get it, this would be different, it wouldn't it be in VR and it would be third person, but uh, I don't know, I don't know, so we'll see how it all works out with that, um, but, so let's just take a kind of prediction guess on this, yes or no, do, you, do we think EA kills this thing, I think that they're going to, um, what do you think EA is actually going to do? I don't know, I'm curious to find out. Okay, but would you say yes or no, do you think they're going to? kill this probably yeah my my instinct would be that they kill it mm, maybe so we'll see uh but we'll probably we'll probably be talking about that on ne- if this is supposed to be next week we don't know what day they're looking at obviously but uh we might be talking about the death of anthem next week or the revival we'll see so uh, let's move on talk about uh some netflix zelda things or the lack of netflix zelda things uh there was reports going around a couple of days ago from multiple sources, that uh, a Zelda live-action show was... Now, the word reportedly was being used. Some of you know how irritating I find that word to be. Uh, there have been reports that there um, was a live-action Zelda show at, at in the works at Netflix, and it was scrapped. Um, we don't know how completely true this is. This is one of them situations where, like, oh, r- reports of things that maybe happened. But uh, it's a possibility. I mean, Zelda's one of the bigger characters out there is probably nintendo's what second most uh famous character because mario's obviously got to be you know you 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 show you show most people a picture of mario and they probably know who he is um so i'd say he's probably first and then uh well link actually because obviously zelda is uh is the other one so um but what do you think of what could have maybe happened here and 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 kind of the situation with uh a Zelda live action show getting scrapped at Netflix. Uh it's one of those things that you never know if it would be good or not. That's one of those mm. things you'd have to see like either the pilot or some daily reels or something like that. Mm. Or like a trailer um, or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's got potential. It's one of those things that as long as it didn't follow one of the games, you know, beat by beat, mm. I think it had pretty, you know, like if it's got kind of a somewhat original story. That would help. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because the uh, the Witcher did pretty good. So yep, I really enjoyed the Witcher. So um, I I think in terms of Zelda, this would probably have worked better. I mean, it's not going to work at all anyway because it's not happening. Um, I think that probably would have worked better as an animated show, just because of like the aesthetics and things there. Because um, sometimes when you try and bring something from animation into the real world, as we saw with the uh, Mario film. <laughs> uh, sometimes things don't quite look right and don't quite work in the same way that you think. Now, if you're going to use a different situation with like the Sonic film or the Detective Pikachu film, where you've got live action people in there played by real actors like a Jim Carrey or whatever, but then you animate the characters that should be animated, such as Pikachu or Sonic, then that can work out quite well. But that's not quite the Zelda's not quite the same thing as that so um 
yeah i don't know i i, I think a, an animated show probably would have worked better but uh that is what that is anyway so um yeah we'll see what happens in the future with that i do think that like you know probably uh, a, a animated fun like mario show would work fairly well at netflix or something um but uh we shall see what happens in the future. I mean, I have I have liked that we've gotten more um, orders of uh, video game to TV adaptions. Because that's what I was calling on for probably before I was even podcasting, which started in 2016. Because um, like, we, we, we've just seen over and over and over again through the years how adapting video games with more lore to film just hasn't really worked like like if you take the first eight episodes of the witcher season one i don't really know how you'd put that into a film because you'd probably have to either cram it down or do too many films or i don't know so but we'll see what happens in the future uh speaking of the future e3 2021 looks like it's going ahead as a digital event uh of course because of a pandemic uh which which means that we're assuming that this thing's still going to be around in, in june which it probably will be, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, what do you think of the return of E3 for this year? Uh, a little bit surprising. Hmm. Um, not because I dislike E3. I don't, you know, dislike a whole lot of stuff. I think E3's kind of run its course, as it were, because the one thing that you know, going digital with so much stuff has told us is that we don't need a giant convention to show off a lot of stuff i mean it's it's fun to be able to go somewhere and to to interact with it so but a lot of like the announcements have been done over the course of the last year or so virtually so the fact that it's coming back is a little shocking um i do have the specific details according to a uh a document that was released out to numerous numerous publishers the event will take place between june 15th and 17th and will be streamed live from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific, which is uh, noon to midnight my time, and then 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. your time. Uh, the plan is for each day to involve multiple two-hour keynote sessions focusing on, focusing on a specific game or publisher uh, with the potential for Q&A afterwards. And the Q&A is the part that I actually like, because I, I think that was the one thing that was kind of missing was a, a Q&A section with a couple things. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, as much as I enjoyed, like, the two PlayStation events we had last year, which was the reveal of the console, and then I think, like, the, the second presentation, where we saw some more games and things, uh, I think we had two of them anyway, uh, as much as I enjoyed that, and kind of the digital event there, I do miss seeing, like, you know, someone come out on stage, and the crowd cheers, and, like, you can fit, physically show things off a little bit more, and have someone have someone on the stage playing the game that it is um and i mean we we missed a big kind of opportunity with that because the, like i i was always looking forward to seeing um cause i think it was sean laden was was he still in charge at the at the time no it was uh the guy who's in charge now whose name i can't quite remember um but uh like you know with um phil spencer let, let's let's use phil spencer for for a minute um like with him coming if he was to come out on stage and like you slowly on the stage reveal like physically reveal the xbox series x or something um because i I remember even as bad as the xbox one presentation was with uh don matrick in 2013 you still had like you know the physical reveal the console on a stage and uh i do think that we missed that with uh with the consoles this year so um what would you think of the whole like 
stage presentation as opposed to digital presentation? Oh, they definitely both have their places. Um, Sony's wasn't that great, but then again, they haven't done a whole lot of them. Mm. Uh, Nintendo is pretty much exclusively doing stage pre- um, digital presentations at this point. So, outside of you know, even if they come back to E3, if it ever comes back to a physical event, I don't know that they would ever show up. Um, Sony was kind of hit and miss with theirs. Um, so, uh, honestly, a lot of it's going to be just with the developers and the publishers and whatever games they're going to be able to bring to the table. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, guy, the guy in charge of PlayStation, whose name I forgot, is uh, Jim Ryan. So, because uh, he... Yeah, because he was the one that was talking on the PlayStation 5 presentation. So, uh, Sean Layden must have uh, left before that. Because then you've got, uh, yeah, Doug Bowser <laughs> for Nintendo. Um, Phil Spencer and then Jim Ryan. So, those are the three heads of the those three things so um but i don't know I, I just missed kind of the physical on stage presentation type of thing as opposed to the uh the digital events so um but that's the news that i've got this week how about you um well we do have a few things uh electronic arts is buying smartphone based uh smartphone focused game studio glue mobile for 2.1 billion dollars uh, the only real notable title that I've even heard of is MLB Tap Sports Baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, so EA is expected uh, to purchase it pending, um, you know, approval from the uh, stockholders and government officials. Um, EA last week reported higher qual- quarterly sales on the strength of the FIFA brand. Um, EA cited FIFA Ultimate as well as Apex Legends as specifically hot titles. Revenue for the quarter ending December 31st rose 5% to $1.7 billion, uh, but profits fell 39% as the company spent more research and development and marketing and admin cost. So it's EA buying uh, basically a mobile game studio. So, hmm. Cool. Um, I mean, the only mobile game I'm looking forward to playing is uh, the Crash Bandicoot one, and that's from Activision. So, um, I mean, mobile gaming is not my space. You know, I've I've tried some games here and there, but I have video game consoles to play games on. So, um, it's very rare that I'll actually, you know, play games on my phone and that kind of thing. I think I talked about a few weeks ago, um, I did try the Call of Duty mobile game. Uh, I think it was like the Black Ops themed one or whatever. It was alright, but again, am I going to play... The mobile version of Call of Duty when I can go online on my console and play the... I don't want to say the real game because obviously the mobile game is a real game anyway. But the the game I'm going to be more dedicated to... uh, The better version of it. Yeah, the better version of it as well. Definitely. uh, With my friends. I'm obviously going to play the the console version of that. But um, yeah, if if the, the, the only time I would really invest particularly in mobile games if if it's something i'm really interested in which has to be based off a property that i'm really interested in in this case crash bandicoot and it's not gonna get released on consoles it's only gonna be released on mobile games then i will play it but that scenario is very very rare uh i mean even if um because i um you know with the witcher they had gwen i never even played gwen in the actual witcher game itself uh, i know a lot of people really enjoyed it i, I tried it once i think you have to do it once as a, as a tutorial at least um i went to try it once and that and i know that obviously that that's a game that you can you can either play it obviously in the game 
I think there's three different ways you can play that actually. You can either play that in The Witcher 3, you can download it on Xbox, and you can play it on the phone as well, I'm pretty sure, on like, on mobile gaming. Um, but that was a different scenario to where the game, that, that game was set within, I was more interested in the main game, which was The Witcher 3. So, yeah, it's just it's just going to be very rare that that kind of thing happens. So, um, how about you? Do you have any, is there anything EA could do here that would interest you i suppose uh not really i mean i i'll dabble mobile games every now and then mm. i tend to get bored with them um just because some sometimes they don't they're not fun sometimes they don't work sometimes they just need a controller and be on a big screen so mm. you never know really you know what's going to kick off and what doesn't so but they obviously see the value in that company uh, otherwise they wouldn't be paying a couple billion for them yeah, definitely. It's no small, no small amount of money. Even though EA's got a lot of money, that's still not a small amount of money. So, uh, I mean, what I might actually do now that I think about it, I do have a wire that plugs into HDMI ports for my phone. So basically, I can put my phone screen on my TV. I probably won't even then look at my if that does. Presuming that that that, that does work, because uh, there's certain things you can't do on your phone with that like you can't watch i think it's like netflix or certain like certain like streaming apps you can't use through that um because i think it like kind of blocks the the video or something because I've, I've i I remember trying quibi that way before when quibi was a thing uh but they, they kind of blocked it so if if i'm able to do that with the crash game i probably won't even play it properly on my phone i'll probably just have it plugged into my tv play it off my phone but look at the screen so we'll see how that works out anyway so, but yes, EA is uh, investing in this, of course, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, speaking of uh, you know games and selling, the Switch just reached a new milestone. Uh, it is on pace to pass sales of the 3DS. It probably already mm. has by now. Um, well, it did pace. It did uh, beat it. It's closing in on the Game Boy Advance. So for the numbers. At the end of 2020, it had reached 79.87 million units. Uh, the 3DS sold 75.9, so obviously it passed it there. Uh, the next one is Game Boy Advance at 81.5 million units. I don't see them, and I don't see any reason for them not to make that hit. Uh, the Wii is at 101 million, with the original Game Boy being at 118 million, and the DS at 154 million. Do you have the Wii U numbers? The Wii U numbers, 13.5. So the Switch Lite is already beating that. Hmm. That, that 13 Switch... is world, worldwide? Worldwide, yeah. Wow, that's really low. For the, it was not for the a Wii. good machine. No. Is that one of the lowest selling consoles? Uh, I don't know about consoles. I, I know you had because... the um, Ouya or whatever it was called. Yeah, but that, technically that was a computer pretending to yeah. to be a console. <laughs> pretending to be. <laughs> I don't see <laughs> any numbers for the Virtual uh, Boy, but I don't think that sold that many. Uh, um, I mean, plus they really didn't track those numbers back then, and a lot of times, like ColecoVision, I couldn't tell you how many were sold. In television, I couldn't tell you how many were sold. Um, then you had the 83 video game crash. Uh, so I imagine like the ones in the early 80s probably didn't get much higher than 10 million. 
because there was you know a lot less video gamers back then so it was it was still a budding market hmm. yeah but uh yeah no the switch is a i just still laughing at what you said it was pretending to be a computer oh dear. yeah yeah it's pretty good um that's and gonna be the other uh, the other thing to note is that uh animal crossing new horizons broke 31 million copies 31 wow okay that's double of the number that i know from last time which was 15 so yep it was a very popular game. Yeah, you, you you don't do that by accident. You just don't like, and that that's like you take the thirty one from that right. That's not a third party game that's available on like PC and Switch and Stadia and X. But you know that's that's this is only a Switch game. Um, that's incredible, really. So, uh, congratulations to the developers of that game. I do not have that name to hand right now, but I'll look that up in a second. Um. But yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah, Nintendo's certainly doing really, really well for themselves. I just wish they would release games a little bit more frequently. Um, I mean, I still need to finish Mario Sunshine. I still need to properly try Hyrule Warriors. And I don't know whether I will or won't play the... Um, there's a Mario game that's coming out. I can't remember the name. It's like 3D Bowser's World or something. Somebody might tell me what, it, what it's called. Um... It's releasing like right next to Little Nightmares, so obviously I'm gonna play Little Nightmares too, um, before that, but yeah, that's another one that's coming out. We haven't really had um Zelda game for a while, because we had uh the remake of the other game. And we had obviously Breath of the Wild in twenty seventeen, which was four years ago now. So mm-hmm. but uh and then obviously they got their good Donkey Kong games and surely we drew I was gonna say surely we drew for a Mario Kart game, but they did do the uh Home Circuit game, which I still want to play, but is just wildly expensive because obviously you got to buy the physical um, mm-hmm. carts for that. So I mean, I still heck. You talk about you want to talk about physical games. That I still haven't, but I still want to play Lego Dimensions, and I still haven't got that because it's just still so ex- so expensive. Because um, that's that's a game I'd very much like to play. So, uh, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, Nintendo's success? Yeah, I mean, people that have been long-time listeners know that I really didn't think the Switch would do as well as it did, and I'm always willing to admit I was wrong, and I was way wrong on that. Um, so outside of that, you know, just keep it going. So mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Uh, before we move on to your next piece of news, I just found a bit of news myself. Now, I'm not quite actually sure what to make of this, but uh, this is from Push Square, which is a reliable PlayStation news website. You should go and check them out. They've also got a YouTube channel. Um, that's push, uh, push square. Real life little nightmares, uh, real life little nightmare. Sorry, as Brexit delays sequels, boxed copies in the UK. Uh, I don't know why that would be a thing. I don't know what that means. Um, but that is a thing that is happening. So, mm-hmm. any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't know why Brexit would do that necessarily, but it has. So, I don't know. It doesn't actually say it's COVID-related at all, which is usually what... That's usually the reason things do get delayed these days, is COVID is uh, usually that. But uh, luckily, I did pre-order the game digitally, so that luckily won't be a problem for me. But I hope that that doesn't like damage the game's sales or something. So, we'll see. But uh, interesting little story there. Because uh, that game obviously comes out, like I said, on Thursday. So, I'm looking forward to that. Um... Let's move on from that. What did uh, what else did you want to talk about today? 
Well, um, looks like the uh, GameStop thing has come and gone for the most part, but one thing that we're going to be getting soon, and this doesn't really shock me, is a made-for-Hollywood movie. Um, The only thing that does shock me is that there are currently five different projects in the works right now. Wow. Yep. The the original documentary that got announced... uh, It's called This Is Not Financial Advice, and that's going to be directed by Hannah Olsen, who did HBO's Baby God. Uh, There's another one without a name yet that's being written by the screenwriter that wrote the screenplay for the uh, social network, which was based off of... Yeah, which is based off the book The Accidental Billionaire and talks about the rise of uh, Facebook. Okay. Uh, Console Wars director Jonah Tulsi um, apparently has one in as well. Um, whether or not we'll, any of these will come to screen, you never know. Um, these are all early in development. What would they be shown on? It, it depends on the platform. I mean, I can easily see this going to like a Hulu or a Netflix or Amazon, you know, video, something like that. Really, it just depends on who picks it up, who options it, who writes the screenplay. Does it get far enough down the line that, you know, it warrants some, you know, streamer? It'll more than likely be a streaming thing. Mm. Um, you know, does it warrant somebody picking it up? Are they going to take a chance on it? Who can they get for actors, you know, directors, things like that? Yeah, I mean, a documentary of this situation was inevitable, but, uh, I mean, all, all, all sorts of weird, strange things get greenlit these days. I mean, today it was, I think it was announced that the uh, Powerpuff live-action, Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls live-action show is getting greenlit. I mean, like, that that just kind of, there's there's nothing really that somebody would, like, if, if there's money to be made, then things get greenlit. That's kind of the bottom line and obviously there's money to be made here with this uh documentary and, and the other things so yeah it, it does sometimes it's more about it doesn't matter how ridiculous the idea sounds if it sounds like it's something that could if it sounds like something that to the people involved with the business could make money then that's a good thing so yeah yeah and remember there there's never a shortage of good thing uh, to them i mean so of weird stuff online. Sure. Um, <laughs> there's been what, like five or six Sharknado movies. Um, I think six, yeah. Yeah. There's a a movie for rent on Prime Video called Zombie Beavers, which is zombie beavers. Uh, there's that one movie that I sent you that funny link to called The Velocipaster. Um, and I, I, I swear to you, everybody that's listening to this, I swear to you, this is on Amazon Prime, at least in the U.S. You can look it up. The tagline for this movie says, after losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by this new power, a prostitute convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. That is an actual movie you can watch on Prime right now. So I think I remember you mentioning that before. Yeah. See? Again, weird things can get greenlit if somebody thinks they're going to make money. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens with this GameStop thing. But if it's on HBO Max, that means it won't get an immediate UK home. So, we'll see where it ends up. Uh, my, my guess is probably Netflix or Amazon for, for this. That That's what makes the most sense. 
but uh, then again if it's if this gets pitched to Amazon or Netflix and those companies don't think it'll make money then they probably won't take it so um, we'll see all right what else do you want to talk about today uh, well speaking about uh, things that are utterly weird this is an article that I never read in my entire life um, and there's like nine different weird things to it the online virtual psyching program Zwift, basically Swift with a Z, has seen a boost in recent uh, months and years thanks to uh, cyclists staying home and as a way to get exercise during lockdown. Uh, so what this is is that you take whatever bicycle you have and then you pop off the rear tire and attach it to their training mount so that you can race virtually. Uh, you hook up a power meter that loads your data to the Zwift network, and you see your avatar ride around with other cyclists. Um, one of the weird things I never thought I'd say is that Zwift is an esports now, and that there is a UCI Cycling Esports World Championship. That is apparently a thing, hmm. and they are using the software as well as the Zwift Racing League, which is an actual racing league for Zwift. And because the weirdness never stops, Zwift recently banned two riders from its league for cheating. Yes, you can cheat in virtual bike racing. Huh. What in the actual hell? Maybe they introduced VAR. I don't know. Was this I, I, the... I, I, uh... I don't know if you'll get that reference. That's a UK football thing. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder if this was the Lance Armstrong mode, but, you know, that's a bit of a dated reference. Mm. All right. Um, to, to, to just quick, to just very quickly explain VAR, which is Virtual Assistant Referee, uh, it was introduced not this season for football, but last one, and loads of teams have been accused of like, oh, you went to VAR and you got a penalty and it shouldn't have been, and da 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 da. da. So that's why I kind of threw that in. So, um, and like goals that get disallowed that shouldn't be, and 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 that kind of thing. Um, yeah, weird that you can get banned for that. I mean, you can get a lot in trouble for. A lot of weird things these days. I'm still trying to wrap so. my brain around the fact that you would cheat in a virtual cycling league. That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, that doesn't also make any sense. So, but uh, people make strange decisions, don't they? So, yep. Yeah, but uh, what do you think of any anything else around this? Uh, I mean, I'm all for banning cheaters as long as they sure. have actual proof that they were cheating. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing above all else that I stick with is due process. Like, if you're going to accuse somebody of doing something, whatever it is, fine. But don't just say, oh, yeah, they're accused of doing this. Let's destroy them immediately. Mm. Show the evidence. Let it get peer-reviewed, submitted, e- examined, inspected, whatever. And if, they, and if they're guilty, they did it, you know, kick them in the ass and throw them out the door. Don't care. But, you know, I've seen way too many people have their whole lives destroyed over false accusations to take anything at face value anymore. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, all right, what else did you want to talk about? Uh, well, the last thing we have to talk about, unfortunately, is the Prince of Persia, Persia The Sands of Time remake has been delayed indefinitely. Uh, now, this is a Ubisoft remake from the original Prince of Persia Sands of Time, which is a pretty good you know, 3D platformer in its day. I liked it, yeah. Um, the original re- the remaster was announced in September. It was originally supposed to come out in January. Uh, then it was delayed till March, and now it's been delayed with no date given. Um, Ubisoft uh, Nordic, who is doing it, uh, 
issued a statement saying, we understand the update might come as a surprise and we will continue to keep you posted on progress of Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. In the meantime, we want to thank you for all the ongoing support. In addition to the overhaul visuals, games director Pierre Sylvian Gears says camera and combat have been improved in the remake, which is always important when you're doing a remake is to improve those camera skills because some of those old ones are pretty janky. Yep. Uh, in particular, the developers have added a targeting system to the game, which, according to Gears, enhanced the velocity of Prince and his ability to do moves. Because that was kind of the uh, um, the hook of the game was that it was very parkoury, flowish oh, with yeah. the running and the yeah. wall running and the jumping and the the fighting. And so it looks like they're definitely trying to improve on that. Cool. Um, it was launched. It was a PS2 original Xbox and GameCube release back in 2003. Averaging a 9.10 over the course of the review. So uh, the remake will be coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Retailing for $40. It includes the original 89 Prince of Persia um, as an unlockable bonus. And that was the first game that Jordan Mechner ever made. And it was made using Rotoscope. And if you don't know how hard it is to do anything in Rotoscope... Click a couple of YouTube videos, and then just more respect for the people that were doing that back then. I think I've played that 2D game. Well, there, there was it, one that there was one that was released online that was a 2D Prince of Persia game. Um, it might have been that one. It, it wouldn't have been hard to port. This was like I said, 1989. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I've I never like finished it. It didn't really quite work as a 2D game. You never really got that sort of 360 degree sort of. Like run around, jump, climb, flip around, kind of. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you were, you were a bit more restricted with the two D thing. Still, I appreciated the effort that was that was put into it. It just didn't quite mm-hmm. fit. So, uh, yeah, it's a good trilogy of games. It really is a good trilogy. Um, I don't remember ever playing them fully back to front, but I did watch my sister play a good chunk of them. Because uh, this was, you know, as I was, I mean, you're talking about two thousand three, and I was born in nineteen ninety four. So you can you can do the math there. Um, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying that I watched those games in that at that point, but probably a few years later or at at, at some point around that particular time. Um, but uh, I remember watching my sister play some of the games. I played some of them as well. Uh, I was still kind of at that age where I was messing around in games, and I never like finished anything properly. Um, uh, which is which is why all these remasters of those of these like 90s games and early 2000s games is is a good thing for me because. It brings me a newer version of that same game to a console that I own, and now that I'm older and actually, you know, finish games and that kind of thing. So it it gives me a good chance to sort of go back to them properly and that kind of thing. And uh, I'm I'm always grateful for that. So and plus, it's only forty dollars too, so it's a yeah. it's a very affordable remaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but it's a, it's a very good trilogy of games. The whole sort of rewind time thing um, was was quite good. Uh, so I quite enjoyed that. The the other reboot that they did afterwards didn't work quite so well, and also ended on sort of like a not really a cliffhanger, but it didn't really like conclude properly. Uh, and then they never revisited it. I did hear a lot of like talk that most of the effort and planning that was going to go into Prince of Persia was just moved to Assassin's Creed, which makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Uh, and then of course Assassin's Creed just lost its direction anyway. So you know you never really fully put that into something anyway but yeah you can see where all like the the parkour stuff went from prince of persia to assassin's creed so um but i i enjoyed the games that i remember playing from them um and yeah like you said both with um 
Because, like, graphically it didn't look that great from the remaster trailers. Not that I was particularly bothered with that. But I know, obviously, that, that was a bit of a sort of backlash issue that they had. Um, but, you know, with the kind of tight controls that you'd need. And the camera controls. And, um, I remember there was... I can't remember if you could do this from the start of the game. But you can kind of, like, flip over an enemy. And then you can kind of flip him into the wall, if that makes sense. So you can sort of, like, mm-hmm. go over an enemy's head. And then, like, hold his head and sort of flipping him into the wall and then like stab him and stuff so yeah there's there's some uh intricate kind of controls there that you'd need to really make sure they're quite sharp as well so uh hopefully the game comes out pretty well uh i mean it was going to kind of bump into little nightmares 2 for me possibly so uh it's it's kind of good for me a little bit that it's moved out of the way so we'll see what it's like when it comes out so do you think you'll be trying these games at all I might. I actually never did play the original. I remember watching it hmm. on, uh, you know, review sites and saying, oh, that looks really good. And then I just never got around to it. So I might pick it up. <laughs> cool. Uh, again, yeah, it's a, it's a good opportunity to sort of just revive these older games. Because some of these games you'd look at and you think, like, oh, I need to get a PS2 out. And, like, you either do or you don't have one. And it's it's just too awkward. So... Which digs into a bigger problem of PlayStation's lack of backwards compatibility, but that's another discussion for another time. So, although we've already had that discussion in the past, so mm-hmm. uh, you said that was the last thing that you've got. Yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Uh, we do have two more emails to get to. Of course, if you would like to write into the show uh, or the podcast, whatever you want to call it, and uh, let us know your thoughts on different video games, what you're playing, hopefully you're enjoying what you're playing, or your thoughts on recent video game news or anything else, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. So get involved. Don't feel afraid. Um, we won't judge you, we can agree or disagree, but we won't judge you for what you play, or whatever. Uh, let's move to Jake, uh, first of all. Um, he sent me uh, an email about uh, some tech issues with the website, which have been resolved, by the way. I'll, I'll explain that in a second, but I just want to get to his actual email first. It says, hi, just wanted to start off saying how much I love not only the United podcast. Uh, it's good that you enjoy that, because sometimes I am uh, not happy on the podcast. But that depends on how well the team does. So uh, that's not always to do with my attitude. That's just to do with how the, how well the team does. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy that. Uh, but all the content you do, especially Random Gaming Talk, which is, of course, this show. So I, I thought I'd include it here. Of course, Robert's here with me. So uh, we can kind of uh, talk about it as well. Um, he says he primarily watches the content on YouTube, um, but does listen on the website at certain times as well. I just want to talk about that, a little tech kind of update. Well, not really a tech update, just a little update about the website. Um, I didn't notice this as a problem until Jake kind of mentioned it, although I did sort of see it slightly before that. Uh, there was an update to the Castos, which is who I host the podcast with. Uh, there was an update to the plugin. And for some reason that update took away the ability on the website to download the episode. Because when you click on a post from the website, you scroll down, it's got the episode, you know, the how long it is and play the episode and whatever. But the actual option to download it was gone. Uh, that now has been restored. Basically it was just a situation where uh, the update uh, disabled the option to download the episode. All I had to do was tick a box, press save, and uh, the option is back on there now. Uh, if anybody has got any other problems that they can see on the website, please feel free to uh, write in. It does actually help that I know that these things are uh, happening so that I can uh, address them. But uh, figured it out anyway, and uh, you can download episodes again on the website if you want to. 
So, um, there's that. But, uh, yeah, nice email there from Jake. Glad you enjoy the United cast and uh, the Gaming Talk episodes. Any thoughts, Robert? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always glad to hear when people enjoy the, the podcast. I did several back in the day and they didn't really get any traction so i always felt like i was just talking to myself Mm. of course i say sometimes talking to yourself is the only way to have an intelligent conversation but that's neither (laughs) here nor there um but yeah i mean keep coming in questions um i think at one point we should do like a random question talk and just let people write in like any bizarre not gaming related kind of questions and just make Mm -hmm. that like a one-off podcast yeah, we have done uh, some Q and A's in the past. I think we did is it three of them. Yeah, I think uh, they they were pretty fun to do as well. So uh, yeah, feel free to um, write in about anything that you want, really. So, and uh, I'm very happy to talk to the audience. So keep that in mind. Uh, let's go to the but yes, thanks Jake for email. Uh, thank you to everybody who writes in, and of course everybody that listens as well. Um, it all means a lot, of course. So. Um, uh, I read out George's email earlier, which was about Anthem. Kaylee says, "I remember a number of conversations uh, about Robert playing Gravedigger. Did Matt ever play it? Uh, I have not. I have not played Gravedigger. Um, I haven't looked because you said you weren't sure if it was on Game Pass. I did check. It has been removed from Game Pass, but even okay. on a non-sale, I think it's like twenty bucks. So it's not an overly expensive game if you want to try it. Okay. I never did uh, look when I was. Well, I'm still subscribed to Game Pass until March. Um, Excuse me, I never did actually look for it, but uh, that's just because I have too much to play, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, I'm curious about it. You said it was quite good. I think somebody else wrote in said that they enjoyed it as well. Said it was kind of had had this interesting sort of um, therapeutic sort of feeling to it as well. I know you've talked about that in the past as well. Yeah, so, I mean, technically it's called Graveyard Keeper if you're looking for it. Oh yes, that's that's the one. So um, I'm pretty sure that Kaylee means the same game. So yeah. who knows? Maybe it'll help me in that sort of way, um, which is which is good as well. So, but no, I have not played it. So um, I do remember when you streamed on Mixer. This was probably a, a while ago because obviously Mixer doesn't exist anymore, um, or they they shut it down. And I remember watching. I think it was like ten or fifteen minutes of you on uh, Mixer streaming it, and it, it looked kind of interesting. So yeah, definitely a unique game. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's not too there's genuinely not too many games out there that have that are kind of like that. So yeah, it's an interesting one. But uh anyway, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Robert, again for, for joining me this week. It's always a it's always a good time. Uh we'll see what happens next week within the world of gaming news. We'll we'll see if if Anthem decides that uh Anthem. We'll see if EA decides whether Anthem lives or dies next week. So and I'm sure we'll have something to say about that uh i'll let you know my continued impressions of hitman 3 and uh untitled goose game uh and then of course my first impressions of uh little nightmares 2 as well next week so uh that's what i'm gonna be playing going forward which is those three and of course call of duty and that uh what are you gonna be playing going forward oh i definitely want to get some time in with valheim it's something that intrigued me as someone who loves like crafty building games Mm -hmm. um it's got definitely got a lot of that it's got enough um you know monster fighting in it to to keep you interested in being just kind of around stuff and plus it has a a weird shadow of the colossus vibe in that you got to build yourself up enough to take out some big monsters um plus it's got the viking themes like old norse mythology um it, it is very much early access it's uh 
the graphics are kind of kind of claymation almost but like a really smooth claymation okay. um definitely not like you know modern warfare war zone that kind of a thing but okay. it's uh, kind of unique so hmm. cool uh anything else you have in mind uh no i mean i've i've been still keeping up with the Wii fit it's definitely getting more intricate the, in terms of the exercises the that you thing? Can, yeah um the i'm sorry the ring fit yeah the, the yeah so thing. yeah yeah, so when I'm in level four now and I've unlocked more than a few different exercises, so that helps keep it fresh. Um, the game mechanics are still there. It's kind of think of it like a, a Dragon Warrior Light meets an exercise game. It's probably the easiest way to describe it. Interesting. Interesting. So, cool. All right, that's what we've got for you for this episode. Thank you all very much for listening. And we will see you next week. But in the meantime, you can go, of course, to entertainmenttalk.org. Check out all the rest of the podcasts that we've got. TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts as well. Uh, just so that you're all aware, which to let you know that I'm also aware. Uh, early April, I think it's April 6th. I need to look up the date. It will be the 5th anniversary for Entertainment Talk. That will be five years of Entertainment Talk. I do have plans in mind. I haven't actually talked to anybody about them, which is I probably should do that because that involves other people. Um, I will I will start talking to people soon about doing that, uh, but I do have uh, some plans definitely for that. I just need to go ahead with the actual process of making those things. So uh, I'm just I, I'm trying to like brainstorm that and work on classic reviews as well, which uh, has kept me busy certainly as well as you know everything else in life. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you can find everything that we do in the meantime on entertainmenttalk.org uh, also some of you voted on Twitter that I should do more of the Disney live action film so I guess that's that's that as well which is which is cool so uh, lot, lots of content coming out and on, on the way so keep your eyes out on entertainmenttalk.org uh, if you like what you've heard today and you want to support more of it uh, more, more support more of what's uh, coming out and everything you can head over to our Patreon page, the $1 and $3 level tiers for uh, ad-free podcast and review options. Uh, there is word of mouth. You can simply just tell people that you know about the content, either to go to entertainmenttalk.org or to search for Entertainment Talk on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth, social media, almost the same thing. Just tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds and all that. Uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, different Facebook groups, whatever you like to use social media-wise because there's like... 70 different platforms but uh, whatever you want to use you can use that as well if you want your up-to-date reliable tv and film news which i assume that you do you can head over to, over to geektown.co.uk or look for the geektown radio episodes on tuesdays there's a new episode available today uh, you can search for geektown and find those things over there if you want to find bex's twitch stream and have a look for her over there you can search for Trist- trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s over on Twitch, go and give her a follow over there, and um, I'm gonna stream some Hitman 3 soon and some Untitled Goose game soon as well. Both of which are really good games for Twitch as well, I think. So uh, that should be good. You can find me on Twitch, eTalk UK, for that as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.